This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM Channel 80. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Boy, one day back, and now they're coming at you. You have one day off, and they're playing anti-Lakers highlights back there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what's why. happening here. Listen, I, I know what's happening. The Lakers ain't playing no defense. That's okay, what's that's happening. what's happening. That's what's happening. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Can you get a stop? Please, for God's sakes. <laughs> they shot over 40% from three. Can you get a hand up? What did Mark Jackson say? Hand down, man down? That's exactly what it looked like on a loop last night watching my Lakers lose to the Suns. But the refs say Crazy. Oh, stop. Here we go. Here, Here we, we go. I mean, seriously. The, the, gonna... re- the refs were responsible for a 45-point first quarter by the Suns? That was the refs' fault? Let me tell you, I watched that first quarter. with I watched the, the majority of this game with my son. And the first quarter I used to, to give him a math problem. I said, okay, so how many points, if they scored this many in the first quarter, how many would they have for the game? Because it was so many that 45, as CeCe mentioned, that I'm doing math with him. I'm like, all right, got to figure out another activity because <laughs> this, ain't, this game ain't going to be that exciting. But I'll tell you, there's two storylines from the game. One is what you just mentioned in terms of the idea of the uh, officials and everything with the Lakers. The other one, I mean, the Suns are pretty good. Yes. If the role players are this, I want to say this. I love Bol Bol. Bol Bol is great. I love watching this guy play. You're going to have to deal with this, CC. I know this is frustrating for you. A 10-point loss with Royce O'Neal dropping threes after three after three late. Sneaky big acquisition. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Deadline. I agree Sneaky with you. Yeah. But if the Phoenix Suns, who are ripped for no supporting cast around Durant, Booker, and Beal, who didn't play yesterday because it's a day that ends in Y, um, if that's the supporting cast... They may win a championship. They may get to the far. They may be the best team in the West. Maybe. I've said this about seven teams now in the West, but that was impressive yesterday by the Suns. It was impressive. It showed you what they can be at their best, the way they can space the floor, the way the ball moves. It's constant motion, and it makes it hard to close out on really good shooters. They had an inside out game, and you got guys like Royce O'Neal and Grayson Allen knocking down shots. Those guys accounted for 12 of the 17 three point makes that the Suns have. So anytime you're getting that kind of production on top of having Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, you're going to find yourself in a really good spot. But I think the linchpin for everything that the Suns is going to be is Nurkic. And just what he was able to do yesterday, head-to-head against Anthony Davis, he had a day. I mean, what, 18 points, 22 boards, and seven assists. Him being able to facilitate those, those assists, the hockey assists, being able to kick the ball out to shooters in their spots, getting them perfect passes so those guys can knock down those open looks, to me, that is going to be critical if the Phoenix Suns are going to go on a deep playoff run. The only reason I would hedge against the Suns being able to get to the conference finals or better is they have no depth. Mm-hmm. They have no depth. They're, they're, and here's the thing. I guess if you're talking about injuries to star players, every team has to be concerned about that. Yeah. But, but they rely on their big three to help them overcome so many other warts, so many other deficiencies. And on top of that, those guys are going to have to log heavy minutes once we get to the postseason. We saw it last year. I just I don't have any confidence that they're going to have any staying power, especially given how tough the Western Conference is. Yeah, if they could play like they did yesterday with those role players stepping up, that's going to be huge for them. But this was a team that had struggled really to find that rhythm, to find that identity for a while. Health plays a huge part in no that. Doubt. But that was my big takeaway too. When this team is clicking, how dangerous are they? 
And I feel like we're going to see that from the Phoenix Suns moving forward. So there were a couple of additional storylines with this. You mentioned the referees. LeBron, <laughs> after the game, had this to say about the lack of free throws with the Lakers. A lot of coaches, a lot of teams, are like that's all the Lakers do is get to the free throw line. It's like this narrative out there. That's all we do is get to the free throw line. We have attackers. That's what we do. I mean, we, we have attackers. Yeah, we shoot the ball from the, from the perimeter, but we're not shooting 40, 50 threes a game. You know, we're not that team. Um, we don't have the luxury of being that team. So, you know, we're going to the, you know, into the paint. That's what, that's what we're really good at. So, um, you know, have eight free throw attempts is definitely not us. You know, and uh, I know definitely I got hit a couple times going uh, to the paint tonight. That, that wasn't called, but it is what it is. I mean, he's not wrong. He did get banged up a little bit. I mean, LeBron complaining about lack of free throw attempts is always uh, is going to fall on deaf ears because yeah. I think over the course of 20 years plus in the league, LeBron's gotten a few calls there. But there were some physical moments that they didn't call, get called. He's not wrong in what no. he's saying. I don't know that that's why they lost, but he's not wrong in what he's saying. Yeah, I don't think it's going to matter, though. I mean, the Lakers have a ton of work to do, I mean, in terms of positioning themselves to compete in the West. Like, I don't think it's a situation where they can – rely on winning playing games and then being able to go on a deep playoff run like we saw last year where they got a team like Memphis that was inexperienced in large part when it comes to being able to go on deep playoff runs. I don't think it's going to be that type of scenario where the Lakers can just say, hey, we've been here before, we can do it again. No, no, no. This is a different Western Conference than what we saw last year, which is why seeding is more important than ever, which is why it's the Lakers need to find a way to be able to string together some wins, get on a roll so they can find themselves in the top succeed. Because if they don't, there is zero chance. Let me repeat that. Zero chance that if they're not a top succeed, that they can get back to the Western Conference Finals. They have no shot. Not in this Western Conference. So, I mean, I think it is absolutely imperative that they be able to build some momentum. And that starts by being able to forge an identity around them being able to play defense that will allow them to compete with these teams that are so prolific when it comes to the offensive end. The Lakers don't get easy buckets. They, they Like LeBron James said it in the postgame last night, they don't have the luxury of being able to have 30 or 40 three-point attempts and relying on guys to knock it down at a high clip. That's not who they are. They have to get in the paint. They have to do damage. They're going to be a two-point team, not a three-point team. But the problem is all the teams around them in the West can shoot it at a high clip. So they're going to have to defend that much better in order to position themselves to have success, especially in a long series. But again, I think it starts with them being able to play good defense, and that's how they have to get on a roll. That's what happened last year when they had the best record after the All-Star break. Mm -hmm. They got on a roll because they were able to play really, really good defense. Last night was not the kind of response that you're looking for the Lakers to have post-All-Star break. I don't think LeBron James will ever have the ability, to his credit, I actually mean this in a positive way, to say to someone else on his team, no, it's your team, I'll, I'll take a backseat. Like, I'll be the number two. And uh, it's good for the Lakers that he doesn't do that on this team because without him, they stink. Yeah. And I thought this Lakers team was going to be awesome. When he leaves that floor, they are a completely different team. He has to be the best player on the team, and he has to play as many minutes as possible in order for them to get into that top six seed like CeCe was, was talking about here. But the other thing with this game yesterday, I was doing some detective work. You know, oh. Yes, I'm oh. a big detective now. I don't okay. know if you know that in my uh, off time. So you remember last week there was all this critique about Kevin Durant, or maybe it was a week before, with his leadership? Yeah. Remember there was a whole conversation about that? Sure. And is he a leader, and is he vocal, and he commented on and it. And he blamed the, the media. And he blamed the media. Well, post-game on ABC, Katie George is interviewing Kevin Durant, 
And listen to how many times he used the specific word, the word leadership, when answering questions that have nothing to do with leadership. Kevin, after two games where you guys didn't shoot it that well, this was a complete team performance. What impressed you most? Our leadership. We got leadership won this game. Uh, struggles was first of the game, but everybody was talking. Our coach was leading us, players were leading us, and that just helped the ball go into the rim and helped us on defense. A knock on this team has been fourth quarter play. What did you see from your group in that final period? Like I said, just our leadership, man. We came through and everybody was talking on the same page. We made big shot after big shot, and we got stopped, so credit the leadership of the coaches and the players. How can a win like this kickstart a climb in the Western standings? I mean, it's just all about taking it a game at a time and keep leading and keep grinding. And everybody here is, uh, you know, looking forward to the playoffs, but we know each game is important. I've counted, I think, five different versions of the word lead. Yeah. When asked about shooting percentage, that's not a li- Royce O'Neal hitting threes has nothing to do with leadership. But maybe he thinks that the media, as he expressed, isn't really giving him the credit that he deserves for being a leader. So he's going to try to make sure that he gets that messaging out there himself. Hence the detective work. (laughs) Now we know, and I love Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant, sensitive when it comes to leadership. None of those those questions that Katie George asked had anything to do with leadership. And he mentioned it, I think, five different times. Well, that is that is the perfect example of the athlete writing the story, no matter what the question is asked, right? He's saying, this is the message that I want to get out there. And, and I'm speaking to not only the fans, but I'm speaking to my locker room, too. And I think leadership is absolutely critical when you try to go on a championship run. So I, I'm not going to knock Kevin Durant for it, even though he machine gunned pretty much every cliche around leadership that you possibly could in a minute soundbite. But the fact of the matter is that this team is only going to go as far as he can lead them, right? And so I think that's what it's going to take in order for the Phoenix Suns to to actually graduate into a true title contender. Because right now I got them on the outside looking in. When you look at the top four teams in the West, I, I don't view the Phoenix Suns on par with them. But I think that they could take that step depending on what happens post-All-Star break. And a lot of that's going to be centered around Kevin Durant and what he's able to do now. On a night where Kevin Durant goes for 7 of 20 shooting and only has 22 points in 39 minutes on the court, and you win as handily as you did, that's a good sign. Leadership. That's a good, no, I'm just saying, that's yeah. a good sign yeah, that all the other players, the supporting cast, can step up in any given moment. But I, it's going to have to be led by Kevin Durant. Like if, if Kevin Durant is not the alpha, if he's not the guy that can dominate when you, when you have to have buckets in clutch time, then this Phoenix Suns team ain't going nowhere. Do you have more confidence in the Suns than you do the Lakers right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, not, that, that's a low bar to clear, though, Smalls. I mean, the Lakers, I, I can't trust the Los Angeles Lakers right now. You're asking me to trust D'Angelo Russell, and you know how I feel about him. <laughs> so, no, I, I don't trust the Lakers right now because they don't play defense. That's that's another problem with the Phoenix Suns. They don't play defense either. They're in similar situations. Yeah, they don't. Well, well not similar situations because one team has Kevin Durant and one doesn't. So <laughs> I just, but but still, I, I just the Phoenix Suns have so much firepower on offense. They can be able to overcome their defensive deficiencies. But the Lakers, they're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league, and you couple that with being one of the worst three-point defending teams in the league. That is not a good formula for the modern-day NBA. 
So how in the world is this team going to go on a deep playoff run in a Western Conference that features the Clippers, that features the Denver Nuggets? Did you see what they did against the Golden State and Warriors And the Warriors were up big early and the Nuggets goodness. won big. Jokic, 32-16-16. and 16. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> oh, not even, that's, not, that's not even throwing in teams like the Pelicans and the Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder who are all at the top of the standings. That's not even considering those teams. So, I mean, yeah, the Lakers have a problem in the Western Conference, especially if they defend like they did last night. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Coming up, a massive story out of college basketball this weekend that could result in a ban. Maybe. Possibly. We'll get to that next. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Filipowski looks like he's hurt, and that is ridiculous here in Winston-Salem. The students rush the floor, Kyle Filipowski being helped off the floor, and this has turned into a really ugly scene. I felt a bunch of hits on my body. This one was the worst of them. It's just really ridiculous. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off, and they're they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storm? Like, when are we going to ban that? Well, we've now seen it again. Second time this year, a court storming dust-up, you want to say? Incident. Incident, maybe. Poss- Uh-oh. Go ahead. Get us into the segment. <laughs> no, now I want to see what that... Now I'm interested as I mean, to where we're going to go with too, this. Me too, me too. So <laughs> we saw over the weekend with Duke and Wake Forest that the Wake Forest fans stormed the court after their victory over Duke 83-79. Duke a top 10 team in America. They stormed the court. I personally have had an issue with stor- a court storming forever because I don't like when fans don't act like they've been there before. Mine's less about injuries and more about, come on, don't give the other team that satisfaction of like, you're so 
such an underdog you have to storm the court. Anyway, uh, Kyle Filipowski. But gets, some teams have never been there before. I don't care. <laughs> you are allowed to. Hence the act like you've been there before part of it. Okay. But Kyle Filipowski of Duke, who's a projected first round pick in the NF, in NBA draft, gets bumped up, hurts his knee over this court storming thing. Now, people have also looked at it as he's tried to trip up other people storming the court on his court, etc. on the court. He said afterwards this to WFMY News 2 after the game, after his injury. I felt a bunch of hits on my body. I, you know, I just, this one was the worst of them. It's just really ridiculous of, of how that situation's handled. Did you feel like any of it was, was on purpose or was it incidental? I mean, if, punch, I've already heard that there's some videos of getting punched in the back. And so I absolutely feel like it was personal, intentional for sure. You know, like I said, was, there's, there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way up the court and they, they can't just work around me. You know, there's no excuse for that. His head coach, John Shire of Duke, thinks that court storming needs to be banned. I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. You look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. And it's one thing, like, when I played, at least it was... 10 seconds in the court, you know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off and they're they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. It's part of it. We need to be better. We need to learn from this. That needs to stop. All right. So now we're in a situation where the SEC in football has this as well as basketball, I believe, for as, uh, the offenders. First time offense, $100,000. They have a fine. Can we at least have a happy medium? Like, I'm anti-court storming. I know I'm anti-fun. Can we at least have the, the team is allowed to get off the court first? Can we at least do that? Put guardrails in place to protect the players. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like have better security. We're like, okay, Duke can get off the court. Okay, fine. Then do what you want. Yeah, I absolutely hate this because some of the best scenes that we've seen in college athletics are when a big upset happens and you have fans storm the court, storm the field. I I absolutely love that moment. Those are things that feel like a big payoff for fans, kind of those canon events that they're going to remember forever where they get to really relish in that moment. But unfortunately, when stuff like this happens or continues to happen, it feels like those privileges might have to be taken away or that a bigger conversation needs to happen. I think about these players, how they are ushered into the game and with security around. They are protected in a lot of ways. And then when something like this happens, you're letting fans out onto the court who are very emotionally charged, who might not be, be in the best state of mind and might be making bad decisions or at least feel like, you know, in the moment they're going to do something that maybe they wouldn't have done before. I do think that there needs to be more of a conversation about protecting these players, especially when you keep having incidents like this happen. I agree with that, but let's be clear about one thing. What happened to Kyle Filipowski on, 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 over the weekend, that, that's not on the way for his fans. That's on Kyle Filipowski. Like, if you saw the overhead shot, he's the one that stuck his leg out uh, while the fan is storming the court, and he's the one that decided that he was going to flop. In no way, shape, or form is Kyle Filipowski a victim in any of this, all right? Let's cut that out, first of all. Secondly, to the issue of court storming, I think there absolutely needs to be done more around the players in order to protect them and to usher them off the court. But to me, that's where the focus for the resources should be. Not on limiting the fans or keeping the fans from storming the court, because that's going to happen. 
That's why they have the fine system in place. They, they're already preparing. They're saying, you know what? We want this as somewhat of a deterrent, but we know that it's going to happen. That's why we have it outlined for the first offense, second offense, so on and so forth. Right. So you know the school is going to be held responsible. There's going to be disciplinary action. But to me, the part about protecting the players has to center around the, the, the arena security staff, um, the coaching staff, making sure the players are aware of where the nearest exit is so they can get the hell out of harm's way and get to safety while the fans celebrate. Because you're right, Smalls, it is one of the things that we love to celebrate about collegiate sports is the fans being involved and having those moments of elation when your team has that huge upset win. Why don't we see it in pro sports then? If it's so great. Like, I don't, I don't think there's an upside to it at all. We, why don't we see it in pro sports? I don't know how you look at that game last week between Kentucky and LSU and not, not say that was awesome. I think there's more downside than awesome. upside. That, that was awesome to see that scene. And here's the thing. We're talking about kids. Like when people are going to pro sports, they're, they're paying a premium. They, it usually isn't a student section in an NBA arena. So, I mean, this is a part of the pageantry of collegiate sports. So I don't necessarily believe in taking that away. And to say that we're going to put these boundaries in place to try to stop court storming, I think that's unrealistic. I don't think that that's a, a practical way to attack the problem. Even former Indiana coach Tom Crean talked about it a little bit over the weekend. He says they're not going to ban court storming. It's not going to happen. They're not going to be able to stop it. But what you can do is make your players aware of where the nearest exits are, and you can make your security staff aware of the situation so you can try to usher them out of harm's way. That's about the best you can do. But again, I want to reiterate, what happened over the weekend to Kyle Filibowski is not the case in point when it comes to being against court storming because he absolutely could have controlled what happened to him. Sticking your leg out and trying to trip a fan while they're court storming and getting hurt and injuring your ankle in the process it is not something where you can then place blame on Wake Forest or on the, the stadium staff. That's on you, Kyle Filipowski, and that's absolutely out of pocket. I hate, I hate that he's using the issue of court storming to take away him taking a cheap shot after his team took the L. I think what we're going to see as a result of this, until any alterations are made, like the idea of security ushering out a team before a court is stormed, I think we're going to see teams leaving the bench earlier than than ever before. And I think we got to preemptively strike and decide, are we okay with that, right? Because I think what you're going to see is starters removed. Like, So let's say in this hypothetical, let's say Duke is down 20 with a minute to go. Okay. Right? What I believe John Shire is then going to do is say to this, the, everybody on the bench, go to the locker room. We're going to do this before the game is over. Because until they take that measure, that is what you're going to see. I guarantee you we will see somebody do that. And then we have to decide, are we okay with that? Because a lot of people are going to say, oh, how could you leave the bench so early? I mean, famously, Pistons and Bulls, remember, that not for the same reason, but the Pistons went to the locker room back in the day before the game was over, and everyone destroyed them for that. It wasn't a safety reason. It was a sportsmanship thing. But I bet you this happens now, that if we have a huge upset, a coach is going to say to his starters or her starters, go to the locker room. We're not, we're not going to be here when they storm the court. The five on the floor and the coaches are going to have to deal with it, but those on the bench, get out of here early. That's what's going to happen. And, and until a measure is taken, I think that's what's going to happen. We have to decide, I think, as sports fans, are we okay with that? I would be if it's for that exact reason. It can't be like down one, go to the bench. I'm okay with them yeah, trying to find room. creative ways yeah. to, to limit the exposure to, to player, for players during court storm. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with What I'm not okay with is us pretending like this is going to go away. Like you're going to be able to stop but it. But there's got to be somewhere Cause, in cause between. Because you're, you're not going to be able to stop this. Yeah. So what can you do? 
to keep your players out of harm's way. And I think that putting the onus on the security staff, if you got to beef up the security staff so they can usher the players in immediately after the buzzer sounds, forget about the handshake line and all of that other mm-hmm. nonsense, right. to get guys out of harm's way, if that's what it's got to be, then let's do that rather than focus the attention on trying to stop, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 fans from getting on the court. But that's key. What you just said is such an important thing. We cannot then rip these guys for not shaking hands if it's for safety reasons, right? Until until next year when things can change. I mean, I guess security can change. But until next year when when policies and procedures can change, let them go to the back. I always thought the handshake line was stupid anyway. I agree with you. (laughs) It's stupid. This is is not middle school basketball. We don't have to shake hands. Totally agree with you. And and we only point out negatives. It's only when the guys don't shake hands, not when they do. Like, oh, great job. Canty and Small shook hands. Who cares? Who cares? 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. Do they need something to limit the court storming? In college sports, we're going to get your phone calls in on that. There's nothing I'm going to do to limit True Green because they should be at your house immediately. If you're ready to elevate your lawn game without breaking the bank, Al, Alyssa, and the entire team at True Green have it for you. True Green has been the trusted choice for over 2 million homeowners, I'm one of them, for over 50 years. Visit TrueGreen.com today and discover the easiest and affordable way to achieve excuse me, a pro-level lawn guaranteed. Plus, enjoy True Green's verified price matching, ensuring you get the best lawn for the best price. Visit TrueGreen.com and transform your lawn effortlessly. All you need to do is water your lawn, mow your lawn. They'll take care of everything else and make it look beautiful for you. That's TrueGreen.com. They're a partner with the PGA Tour. Oh, by the way, not too bad. Your dream lawn is just around the corner. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Now that the weekend is over, it's time to look back and break it down. Without further ado, let's get this thing kicked off. This is a pun further review. After further review, a little further, a little further. With Chris Canty. Ah, yes, unsportsmanlike with Evan Smalls and yours truly, your resident Super Bowl champ. And this is another edition of Upon Further Review. So we're going to kick this thing off with the association Friday night. Evans, Miami Heat, they get a nice win against the New Orleans Pelicans. But that is the footnote to what was the headliner of the game, which was the fisticuffs that happened after Zion Williamson (laughs) took a hard foul from Kevin Love. Now, here's the thing. Kevin Love tried to protect Zion Williamson when he was going up. 
He didn't want him to score, but he wasn't trying to give him a hard foul. But that didn't stop Najee Marshall from getting into it with Kevin Love and Jimmy Buckets. Of course, they had their own altercation. But that was the undercard to Jose Alvarado and Thomas Bryant, who were at the scorer's table. And so after things get squashed, Another fight kicks up a minute later at the scorer's table with Jose Alvarado trying to sneak Thomas Bryant. And here's the thing, Smalls. It's an NBA arena. You're not sneaking anybody when you punch them. If you punch them, there are a million cameras that are going to catch you. And that's exactly what happened in that, in that altercation. But the best part about all of it was what Zion said post-game, his reaction at the podium And I quote, Zion said, the foul wasn't that hard. He was actually trying to protect me. But here's the thing. I like the competitive nature of the NBA when that kind of stuff happens, when the fights break out. It just shows that guys are fighting. Guys are riding hard for their teammates. And I got to say this, Ev, to me, that's by far more entertaining seeing that type of intensity than guys scoring 70 every other night. So – I need to ask something of you in return on this one. What's First that? of all, I have no understanding of why Jimmy Butler was suspended when he got choked by Najee Marshall. Yeah, five guys suspended, by the way. Yeah, yeah but why guys. Jimmy? What did he do? I don't know. Uh, anyway, here's Nikola the thing. Jovich, too. He got yeah. in the mix, yeah. Um, a lot of, like, heat social media that I'm in on, well, I mean, I follow. They're all saying, okay, turning point moment, turning point moment, because it's happened before. Remember Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler got into a dust-up on the yep. sideline a few years ago? Rolled that to the NBA Does finals. that help? When internal fighting... Could lead not internal when you have it's a not an internal no fight. yeah that's very external sorry when that that kind of fight happens that it actually is a rallying cry for a team can like that it, happen it's to a you? spark yeah it could be especially against the teams like the Pelicans the Pelicans are a good squad right for people that aren't paying attention to the Pelicans and I I guess given their track record there's no reason you would before the All Star break the New Orleans Pelicans are a good team mm-hmm. they're a really good team and their big three is formidable so. For the Miami Heat to go on the road and get that win, that was impressive. But then to actually have that as a part of it, it could be a a, a galvanizing moment, a watershed moment for that team. Next. Number two. The NFL salary cap jumps over $30 million from last year to this year. So this year's NFL salary cap explodes to $255.4 million. That's up from $224.8 million in 2023. The new tech revenue streams are coming online. Plus, gambling, they account for the big surge. Star players, Ev, will now gain a lot more leverage because of the floor for the cap spin leading to bigger deals. Now, if you're Justin Jefferson, yesterday's price Ain't today's price. <laughs> now that I know the salary cap is up $30 million, I'm going into my fifth-year option year where you owe me $20 million. Yeah, I'm going to want a huge contract. I want more than Tyreek Hill's $30 million a year, which is the high-water mark for wide receivers. Minnesota Vikings, you probably should have got this deal done before this was announced. You probably should have got this deal done last offseason right. while you had a couple of years of team control left on his contract. But, yeah, Justin Jefferson and a lot of other young players that are contract eligible are going to be the huge beneficiaries of all of the new revenue streams that the NFL is is putting online now. So this is awesome for the players. I'm excited. When you have more of the pie for players to get 
you start talking about $255 million to split up of active roster players, this is a huge moment for the NFL, huge moment for the players. Yeah, this salary cap just keeps going up and up. I think it's been creeping up for the past 15 years, essentially. But I thought the same thing that you just said, CeCe. How many teams were wishing that they would have gotten deals done prior to this being announced and prior to this number going up? Yeah, and here's the thing. Teams always pay the same eight guys on their roster. Like, Mm -hmm. the teams have a minimum cap spend. they got to spend, I think it's 89% of the salary cap on any given year. They're always parking that money in the same eight guys because those are the guys that are the best players, the players they trust the most. Right. So if you're one of those eight guys and you see the salary cap doing what it's doing, in your mind, you're going to get a huge deal, but that's also going to give you a ton of leverage with the team. So whereas before we viewed the quarterback position as you know one of those that's closer to the ownership than the other 52 guys in the locker room, now all of a sudden position players – can create that same dynamic because they're going to start making quarterback money due to the salary cap. Mm -hmm. Next. Number one. The NCAA loses their legal battle, barring any school, any organization from, from, uh, from prohibiting NIL collectives from compensating recruits to go to certain schools. Let me say that again. The NCAA loses the legal battle, Barring the organization from enforcing the rules prohibiting NIL collectives from compensating recruits to go to certain schools. Now, this according to a U.S. district judge in the Eastern District of Tennessee. They issued an injunction that undercuts what has been a fundamental principle of the NCAA's model for amateurism for decades. That third parties cannot pay recruits to attend particular schools. Now, the suit was brought by the University of Tennessee and my alma mater, the University of Virginia, in saying that, these, these NILs, these third-party groups, can absolutely steer prep recruits to go to certain colleges and compensate them for that. So this is a huge, huge win for amateur athletes or for high school athletes that are looking to take their talents to the collegiate ranks. I think it's awesome that these kids can get paid to go to school. They actually get to realize their true worth to the university and not just have to settle for the scholarship and room and board and tuition and all that stuff. They actually can get paid what they bring to the university by these other NIL collective groups. I think it's awesome, and it's turning the NCAA into a rubber stamp. Biggest football win for Virginia since you've been there. So, I mean, you got to give them credit on so that one. So you got to give them credit on that one. So disrespectful. Coming up, that is upon further review with CC. Coming up, so we're going to get your phone calls in on uh, the court storming over the weekend and what they need to do moving forward. Plus, plus, in about 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes or so, excuse me, what is going on with the number one pick? What is happening with the number one pick? Because there was some news today. That was very juicy about that number one pick in the draft. We'll get to that coming up. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills 
and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Big topic over the weekend. Kyle Filipowski, Duke, involved in a court-storming issue, I guess, with Wake Forest. CC has pointed out, let's not put this only on Wake Forest. Filipowski put his leg out there and interacted, but the fans were on or within his place of work, so to speak. So here's where we are as a show. I think it should be banned altogether. You guys believe there needs to be rules and regulations yes. with it. Yep. Um, so where do the fans uh, weigh in on this at 888-SAY-ESPN? Reginald in North Carolina watching on ESPN2. What's up, Reginald? Hey, how y'all doing today? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, yo, hey, yo, I saw the incident in the way. I saw the incident in the way back there. But i tell you ahead of time, I've been, I'm in the ACC area and everything, and I have honestly seen, I think it was an NC State, North Carolina game, where the commentator had told the folks, hey, told the fans, yo, let's wait till we get the players off the floor, and then they let them have the floor. I've also seen times where they are also, the security has told the guys, they put a line out there to protect the players, say, hey, Players, you come in through here, so you shake the guy's hand, and then, and then the fans never interacted with that. That situation right there, I don't know if the coach told him, because it looked like what's the call was really taking his sweet time to get off the floor yep. and, and not even trying to hurry up and get off the floor. So I think it's a place for it. You have those rules in place. But, you know, that's part of college, going to college, having a chance to go and store on the floor, floor and everything like that. So I just told some folk, I just told some folk, yo, you just need to. I just told him every time you have to. Yeah, be Reg, careful, Reg, but. Reg, Reg, we're with you a thousand percent. Like I, I saw it the same way you saw it in, in terms of Filipowski. Like you can see, he's sticking his leg out there and he's got his hands up or his arms up. Like he, he's in a he's, he's in a bracing. posture. He, he, I don't I don't know if he's bracing or if he's trying to initiate contact. I, I don't I don't know what he's doing, but it's clear that he's not trying to elude the crowd to get off the court. That's not what's happening right there. Like he could have avoided that Wake Forest fan. Like I, 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 I. Here's the thing: I'm not saying that it's not an issue in terms of trying to secure the well-being of the athletes, and I think that onus has to be on the security staff, on the coaching staff, for those guys to have the quickest exit, the quickest way away from the court, away from the playing area. But that's not what happened over the weekend with Kyle Filipowski. Like two things can be true. We can acknowledge that court storming is an issue that the players and the coaching staffs have to find a way to navigate around, but we also got to acknowledge that what we saw from Kyle Filipowski is not the result of court storming in and of itself. That's Filipowski doing too damn much. So I, I get the fact that we can't always compare sports to real life. I get it doesn't always work that way, but that is their workplace. They should be allowed to exit their workplace without people interfering. It's a dumb comparison, but like I don't think that we should have to like have issues walking out of our studio every single day. You know, I, I'm sorry. But we like, do. Well, but, we do. But, we, but we do. But we do. But no, seriously, but we do. And we have security staff that are there to escort us out of the building to our vehicles to wherever we're going. We, right. we have security in place. To protect all, us. To protect us. And that's all we're simply saying. Put security in place to protect the athletes. 
They ain't got to try to protect the entire court because that's impossible when we're talking about thousands upon thousands of people. But you can have a security staff, uh, call it uh, half a dozen people, that can usher the players and the assistant coaches to the nearest exit so they can get to the locker room. Like, to me, that is a common-sense approach to a problem of court storming. I just, I don't know if there's anything beyond that that you can do to actually stop it. Because we are talking about college kids that are excited at a sporting event rooting for their team. They're emotionally charged. Yes. It's going to be hard to corral them or contain them in any way. And like we've said, that's a really special experience for those fans that they're going to remember forever. But I do think that there needs to be more of a dialogue to figure out how we do protect these players, as we said, because even watching that video of Filipowski, he's walking, and even when that initial contact is made and he kind of loses his balance, there are dozens of people running at him in the opposite direction at full speed. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just a problem waiting to happen. And we see it over and over again, these players trying to get off the court and there's contact initiated, maybe not to this level where there's there's injuries happening, but it, it just feels like it's only going to continue to happen unless some measurements are taken. Frank in West Palm watching on ESPN2. What's up, Frank? Good morning, guys. Morning. Listen, uh, I'm an old curmudgeon, old school. You never, ever, ever saw this back in the day the only time you saw a court storm was when it was number one against number two. Somebody, a big game, a big game, a big game. Now it seems like it's every game. It's a joke. It's the fans. It's out of control. And they're not going to be able to stop it. What are they going to do? Hire 500 guards to stand around the court? They're not going to be able to stop it. But seriously, it's like a lot of things these days. It's out of control. And it, uh, again, it, it didn't happen forever. And now it happens all the time. I think it's a joke. I also think we're existing in a world where a lot of these people want to get the footage for social media. I want to be the one to run out on the court because I want to put it on my TikTok or whatever. No Frank doubt. is right. We are living in a different world where people tend to do things more for attention because they want to have that moment where they can go viral or have it on their timeline or whatever. It's, it is a different mentality than we had back in the day. I'm an old curmudgeon also in this case. Like, I'm, I'm with Frank in West Palm. The idea that, like, I just think there's more downside than upside, mm. right? And, and more times than not about me, if something could lean into having tons of fun, I'm out. Uh, Terry in Port St. Lucie, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Terry? Well, I was thinking the same thing, Evan. You and Frank are kindred spirits. But if you think back, you know, um, preventing fans from storming the court can lead to even worse consequences. If you think back to your alma mater in the early 90s, I think it was when Wisconsin made their first Rose Bowl in the early years of Barry Alvarez when they tried to to prevent fans from getting on the field and the team had to get involved to, to actually save fans. I think uh, I think uh, Super Bowl champion Chris Canty's uh, idea of, of getting the, the security and getting the, the team off the court probably works best. But I'd uh, I'd listen to your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, and that was 1993, I believe, that Wisconsin had an incident uh, with the uh, that was for football with with fans storming the field. That there was it was way before they tried to was, stop them from storming the field. Yeah, and there was some, there was an incident there with that where I believe people were hurt, unfortunately, as a result of mm. that. Um, I think like significantly hurt. I would have to do more research on that. But I I think you're right in that what I would dream of, which is none of it, is not logical. What is logical is the concept of there being a time and a place for it. 
right? Like, if you think about it, I, so I got an interesting tweet at Evco Radio, at on Sports ESPN. Um, Rob tweets, put a 30-second clock on scoreboard, let students count down, then storm the court. It gives the players time to get off of the court. That actually builds in the excitement. I got to be honest, right? Builds the anticipation, yeah. No, no way it's going to be able to be 30 seconds, though. Well, what does it need to be? It's probably 15 seconds. <laughs> That's probably all you got. <laughs> So you're running. Ain't no, you're not going to get thousands of people to count down from 30. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a pretty long countdown. That's not going to happen, dog. Too long of a countdown. Yeah, okay. Too long. Maybe 10. That's, that's about the best you got. Hit him with the New Year's Eve. There you go. There but you but go. it's something. Yeah, the ball drop. That's actually what go. it needs to be. There you go. Uh, Jerry in Raleigh listening on 99.9, the fan in Raleigh. What's up, Jerry? Good morning, y'all. Love the show. Thank uh, you. appreciate what y'all do today. Uh, Michelle, I want to say I agree with you. I think. Storming the fan is a once in a life, or storming the court. My apologies is a once in a lifetime thing, and uh, I think that the the security around the team needs to be uniform. Police officers, I think that would deter a lot more than than just stadium security. But I had to call in and talk about Filipowski doing his best Grayson Allen impression. No doubt, that was uh, <laughs> that was terrible to me. So appreciate y'all. Do you think the school matters in this case? Like that, it's Duke. Do you think that people are extra critical of Filipowski because no, it's Duke? I'm no, just asking. No, just look at the overhead shot. The eye in the sky don't lie. Filipowski went out of his way to try to trip that fan. And I guess he decided that he was going to make court storming the story instead of Duke top 10 catching the fade against Wake Forest. I guess he said, you know what? Maybe if I do this, people will pay less attention to what actually happened before the court storming, which is us getting our tails kicked. Maybe that's what I'm going to do. But he made himself the story by going out of his way to trip a fan that was trying to storm the court. And he's saying he thinks it's personal. Well, it looks like it's awfully personal for him going after that fan. Like, like did, you, did you look at that as an opportunity for you to take a shot at a fan? I don't know, but when you look at the overhead shot, clearly he's the one that initiated the contact. I, I just That's the part that doesn't make sense to me, Smalls. Like, the, it's clear that the fan is not watching him. But he's sticking his leg out, and he's got his arms up. So he clearly sees the fan. Mm-hmm. Like if you see the fan and the fan's not looking at you, why don't you try to avoid that person in getting off the court rather than allowing it to be a collision that ends up resulting in you getting injured? So you think it's more like I, not to get into semantics here because when I see this, I actually think it's him pushing, which I, doesn't – I agree. Right, it I doesn't agree. actually matter. I but. agree. I think he's the aggressor in that situation, now, not the fan that's storming the court. But it is a little chicken and egg, right? Because like, in my world, he shouldn't even have physical contact with the fan. In the world that you two are presenting is, well, that's the nature of college sports in general. You're going to have that fun, and you've got to understand how to behave better in that moment. Any way you cut it, there has to be a better way of going about this. Because even the Caitlin Clark thing, she shouldn't be bumped into like she was a few months back. I mean, that's I, ridiculous. I, agree, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, Caitlin Clark looked like she was trying to run to get off the court as fast as she could. That is not the same as what we saw Kyle Filipowski doing over the weekend. But whether it's the player initiating contact with the fan or the fan initiating contact with the player, we're talking about emotionally charged people that are running at high speeds and that have to make split-second decisions. You're kind of just asking for trouble, putting all of these elements into a, a kind of a boiling pot. You know, something's going to happen. And that's the part I, I don't think we even acknowledge. We talked about the emotion on the fan side, but there's emotion on the player side, he too. He just lost a big game. He He's lost disappointed. a big game. He's feeling He's a type disappointed. Of way. And, and here comes the fans of to the celebrate. opposing team to celebrate. Let me take a shot at one of these guys. I could absolutely see that scenario playing itself out. 
I, I could see that. I could see as a as a young, immature collegiate athlete, I could absolutely see that happening, which is why there needs to be personnel, security staff members, stadium staff members in place to usher these players off the court as quickly as possible in it's, it's in a situation where you could potentially have somebody storm the court. Protect them from the fans and protect them from themselves. No doubt. Coming up, could the Bears actually trade number one? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.